In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The gospel story we just heard is one that we know very well. This story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, these siblings, they were Jesus's friends, and they were Jesus's good friends. I imagine that Jesus knew them extremely well, knew what made them tick, had been with them in their homes, been through good times and through bad times. And so when Jesus hears that Lazarus is ill and decides to stay where he is, it's a little strange. Rather than returning to their home, to Lazarus, to heal him, Jesus stays. Now, we often hear this gospel story as a story of raising Lazarus from the dead, but I think it may be interesting for us to consider what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't heal him. You see, Jesus could have healed Lazarus before he died, but instead stays where he is for a few days. I mean, it makes sense to me that Jesus, who loved this person, may have used his power to keep him from dying in the first place. I mean, can you imagine how odd this conflict would have been to have the power to heal someone? I mean, how many of us would give anything to be able to heal a loved one from their illness, to prevent a loved one, a friend, a family member from dying? We would certainly use that power. But Jesus in this moment doesn't. Instead, Jesus stays where he is, near where John had been baptizing, near where people were following him to hear him teach. And it's not too far away, but far enough away to where he doesn't keep Lazarus from dying. Then, after Lazarus was likely already dead, Jesus decides to go to him, to go to his family, to go to these very good friends, to walk toward death. Now consider that. Jesus actually walked toward death. Jesus, even though his disciples told him not to, was walking toward the pain he knew would be there, was walking toward the death of his friend, the guilt that Mary and Martha would put on him for not having come to save their brother in the first place, and even the danger of possibly being stoned. Jesus walked toward that pain then, And I believe that Jesus walks toward pain now, except this time, Jesus walks with us. You see, we are in this season of Lent. This is the last regular Sunday of this season of Lent before we get into Palm Sunday and Holy Week. And we have been doing a sermon series called Reorder the Disorder. Now, months ago when we decided to do this, Reorder the Disorder was really an attempt to consider the way that we live our lives, the way we prioritize our lives, and perhaps reprioritizing those things that are most important. Never did I imagine that we would be reordering ourselves quite like this. Most of us are watching this on a screen, and indeed, our lives have changed significantly. For many of us, we've experienced a lot of loss this last week. For many of us, we've lost money, we've lost some security, we've lost out on relationships, and perhaps a general sense of what is normal. We have all been touched in a very particular way and been forced to effectively reorder the way that we live our lives. Now, for many of us, physical death will touch us in some way during this period. We will know someone who dies. 
We may have someone very close to us die. We may be afraid that it will be us. To think that life is changed for good forever can be scary. But I think we are called to accept that life is not going to be the way it was ever again. We are entering a new reality, a new normal. But perhaps we can consider that God knows this feeling of loss too. That God knows a little bit about grief. That God knows about death. And perhaps God's knowledge and God's willing to love us and walk with us through this will make all of this uncertainty just a little easier to bear. And if we believe that life has changed for good into something new, then perhaps we can begin with a little bit of hope to reconsider the way that we can actually live our lives in the future. Now, I will say that having to stay in place, stay home, change the way we live because of this virus has probably taught us a few new things. I imagine many of us have figured out how to cook a decent meal based on lots of random stuff out of our pantry. And I bet that many of us have learned how to use different mobile platforms and digital platforms to visit with friends and to experience life in a pretty new way. And I bet we've relearned a few things too. I bet we've relearned that spending quality time together, actually looking at each other and talking to each other, maybe even playing a game, is really time well spent. That kindness and consideration makes a big difference. Choosing not to do stuff because we consider other people is a pretty novel idea. And imagining ways that we can give beyond ourselves to show love, to connect with other people, and to remind them that they are not alone. Because perhaps the hardest part so far for most of us is being alone. Feeling alone, feeling isolated and feeling disconnected. This is not easy. It's not easy to be lonely. Loneliness hurts. Isolation hurts. In fact, what we do as a church community <clears throat> is really remind people that they are not alone. To help people connect to something bigger than themselves. And we've always done this physically. And so this new reality is... Strange indeed, because our connections now have to be digital. But when this is over, I hope that we have actually learned something. I hope that as we sit at home feeling a little bit disconnected, we've learned just a little bit more about how it feels to be alone, how hard it feels to be disconnected, so that when this is over, we don't go back to living the same way that we did. We don't go back to doing exactly the same thing that we did before now. Instead, we take this learning with us. We take this knowledge with us to help be the church in a very new way, to help bear witness to what is genuinely good news, that God is with us every step of the way, and that we, as disciples of Jesus, will walk with each other every step of the way. This is the best news, that every person is loved just as there are, and that every person belongs in God's kingdom. Now, as I noted before, Jesus walked toward death. Jesus walked toward pain, this 
heartbreak at the death of his friend. And when faced with the stark reality of death, Jesus made very certain that every person present that day knew that death is not the end of life. Just a moment when our lives are changed. And I think Jesus is saying the same thing to us now. And we may not be able to avoid pain. We may not be able to overcome every bit of fear that we feel, but we certainly can choose not to respond with fear because we are confident that God is with us. This past week, I read a stunning article that recounted Pope Francis's speech, his homily out to St. Peter's Square, there on the steps of St. Peter's Basilica, speaking to an absolutely empty square. Pope Francis recalled this same idea about being courageous and not responding in fear because of what God has already done to transform us. He says, and I quote, Let us invite Jesus into the boats of our lives. Let us hand over our fears to him so that he can conquer them. Like the disciples, we will experience that with him on board, there will be no shipwreck. Because this is God's strength, turning to the good everything that happens to us, even the bad things. He brings serenity into our storms because with God, life never dies. This is a real good learning for us, an opportunity to really live into what we say we believe about this life and the next, that our faith in Christ means that God is in us and with us and walks with us and sustains us and carries us through every hardship helps us overcome every fear. And even in the face of physical death, we know that our life is not over, that our life is only changed. For us, for each and every one of us, life never dies. Our lives have been changed for good. But I have hope that these changes may inspire a new way of living, where courage becomes our currency, faith our compass, and love reminds us that truly life never dies. Amen.